Hi, this is Brendan Davis from Bedrock Games and the Bedrock Blog, and I'm here with Adam Balderstone and Steve Bowden, and we're going to talk about the episodes War Prayer and Sky Full of Stars from the first season of Babylon 5. Um, so why don't we just get right into it and uh, uh, talk about War Prayer first. Uh, what, what was your guys' opinion on, on this episode? Uh, I like the I like the war prayer. It's uh you know it's not like a, a great episode, but it's it's a good solid one, and it introduces the home guard. I uh, I like that aspect of it. It uh um yeah I don't know what did you think, Steve? Yeah, I thought it was really cool. I like those uh, suits that they're wearing, the like the humans. I, I'm I'm oh, like yeah, yeah. I, I'm liking that theme of kind of like. Uh, and, and this is probably biased because I saw the prequel, but like, because I saw how badly like the humans were like annihilated by the Minbari, I, I kind of <laughs> liking any steps that they're making. And I, and I feel like it makes sense for them to be so militarized and being like, okay, we really need to like find our edges so that we don't get put in that position again. So I, I really, yeah, fit in those kind of things. Yeah, it fits well with the uh, previous episode in Infection, where we know that the humans are off scouring around all these planets trying to steal every technology they can, too. It's not surprising they'd be randomly popping up with stuff like that. Yeah, well, and we had from Mind War, too, with, like, the Thleplethy thing, because I'm noticing that seems to be, like, our only advantage. I think I touched on that last time, too. It's like, okay, they're they're good with the, you know, like, telepathy. No other race seems to be, like, getting in on that game. So, mm -hmm. you, you know, it seems pretty good if you can really exploit that. Yeah, the Centauri have, like, powerful psychic powers, but they're all precognition-related. They don't really have telepathy at all. Mm. And the Narn don't have any, so... Yeah, they seem all physical. Yeah, well, they basically the... Uh, well, I don't think it's been brought up yet, so I'll leave that alone for now. Or did they? Actually, I think they brought up in the pilot yeah, that the uh, Centauri they, wiped they, out all the telepaths. Yeah, they, um, or psychics but uh but yeah I, I like this episode too i thought it was uh i thought it was a real enjoyable episode um i i think i like the next episode better but this one i i like the home guard plot i liked even though i i had some consistency issues with with the marriage thing i did like the world building that was going on there and i liked mm -hmm. um I like the way that the plot developed with the home guard thing where it wasn't just purely about contending with the home guard which you know like steve was saying that they're like a real threat because they've got these suits and so they're, they're they they're they're legitimate uh, uh they're like a legitimately hard foe to crack but uh but but uh sinclair is also going to deal with the uh the unrest that that's creating among the aliens too and jakar is kind of i don't know if he's exploiting the situation for his own purposes or if he's just caught up in the uh in the atmosphere of the moment but but he kind of yeah you know, uh gets uh sort of almost leads like a small rebellion on the uh, on the <laughs> ship. uh yeah I, i'd say it's a little bit of both i mean i mean obviously he would be concerned about attacks on aliens genuinely but he's i think he's also exploiting it because i think i think to an extent you know it that considering he's interested in military expansion having the entire babylon 5 project just collapse in failure would would only be to his benefit okay <laughs> you know it's like if the you know it's the equivalent of you know that having no organization trying to stop war okay who's going to step in next time we attack the centauri but uh but yeah, I, I and I and I also liked how this this seemed to connect a little bit with the pilot more. Like I liked that we're getting back into the 
some some of those threads are getting picked up a little bit. So that uh, I think I, I think it was this episode. Maybe it was the next one where they mentioned what happened to the previous telepath and the and the previous doctor. Um, mm. I think that yeah that episode. that was during this episode. Yeah. I think yeah. So that was kind of nice getting that. It was sort of like you know he, I think he was explaining it to Ivanova like oh before you came here this thing happened and. So. yeah yeah it's it's funny i, I kind of forgot that. that that scene when i was watching the show i thought wow it's 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 an interesting like kind of exposition drop it doesn't have a lot to do with what's going on so it kind of fell out of my head as far as being part of this episode yeah and uh and yeah so i don't know but but the uh the thing that that i thought maybe annoyed me about the episode is i did feel like londo didn't feel entirely consistent to me mm-hmm. um, i agree i i liked a lot of what he did i like you know he, so 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 the subplot there is there are these two centauri i don't know if they're children but they're, they're like i don't know teenagers or something and and the, and i think they're veers are they veers cousins or nephew or something the, the boy is veers cousin yeah okay. they're not both his cousin because that would be weird well but, I mean, uh, you know different families <laughs> of the family right. or something. But, <laughs> but, uh, and i don't know how centauri's roll with that but like yeah good point but good um, point. but but anyways they're they're both uh supposed to be marrying other people because they have like arranged marriages or something there that are very political and they're in love with each other and and so so they they end up getting placed into londo's custody essentially and he's he's sort of acting as the voice of tradition for centauri marriages and and I, the thing I found inconsistent is we saw him falling head over heels in love with the with the with the stripper courtesan character uh, in the in an earlier episode, and now he's like I can, I get I get that he would be on board with with the Centauri idea of marriage being about politics, but he also seems to be sort of talking against the idea of love itself. And mm-hmm. and uh, and really just kind of has like a rod up his ass this whole episode and, and and all I've ever seen of him before this is just like a party boy Londo you know just you know living life to the fullest so it just and and so and there's this line where he talks about how his dad he saw his dad in a dark room one day and his dad said my shoes are too tight but it doesn't matter because I forgot how to dance and yeah. and like that and so it just seemed like well I don't think Londo's ever gonna forget how to dance it just doesn't doesn't seem in character to him at this point in the series so it just yeah like a weird well, it's, i mean this this is one of the few episodes that isn't written by straczynski so i feel like you are kind of tapping into not character being a little off but uh i you know and he does have very londo moments i think when he's talking about his wives that feels entirely like londo but it's just his reaction overall to it just doesn't feel quite right i think I think what what, what might have worked, they wanted to go with this plot line and make it feel more like Londo. Yeah. It might have been good if they'd actually expressly made him being kind of bitter over the whole Adira Tyree thing. And he was kind of, you know, anti-love just because he recently got kind of uh, his heart broken or something. But they don't they don't really touch on that at all either. And, so. and, and, I, and I did have a thought about the because the, he refers to his wives as famine, pestilence and death. Does that mean yeah. that that war war that Londo is, uh, is war no no the, or no that, that that a fourth wife is uh is a coming, fourth wife is know. war um, <laughs> I, I think he mentions in one of the things that he was married like four times or something so i do think another wife is uh forthcoming okay okay yeah because it because it seems like that would be perfect like okay like that 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 that, that felt like a foreshadowing moment too uh <laughs> 
Yeah, the the cousin, by the way, and this is uh, Winnie Cooper from Wonder Years. Is, uh, that's I thought she yeah. looked just like her, and I was like, that that, yeah, that looks like her. Winnie Cooper. But I was like, yeah. no, nah, she was like, because I remember like she disappeared, and I thought she like was a college student or something at that point. But well, she made an exception for Babylon Five. She like cut back her schedule and uh, good college, and she did this episode. Yeah. Okay. Well, I don't know. I just made that up. But uh... oh wow! No. I, I was going to say too about what you guys were saying about Londo. Um, you know, I like I said, I don't think we. It's clear how much time has passed though. So he might have been embittered, mm-hmm. and I get that it was a different writer too. So it probably was just that. But I think too, it could be, you know, maybe after almost exposing those very vulnerable files, he you know has kind of had a little bit of a change of heart and is getting more like stern on those kind of things and it's like no 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 like you know when you do this kind of thing bad things happen where you gotta just <laughs> stick to the yeah and, and... well yeah i mean that, that's kind of goes along with what i'm saying that if they'd if they'd if they somehow made it a little more explicitly you know kind of hinted that it was connected to the adira tyree plot why he, he was acting that way i think it it would have come off a little a little better but you know, once again, you can't you can just kind of infer it from the episode too, like you did. So it's but yeah, it's it's complicated. But uh, the uh, huh. but this definitely a lot of the stuff in this episode felt very plausible to me. That was the other thing. It felt like a very like like the kinds yeah. of stuff they're dealing with. It's it's not it's it's not a utopia. They have they have like legitimate political things going on, and they're they're not they're not always black and white the way that they're dealt with um and i i just thought that it was uh i don't know it just felt like a believable interesting uh you know political uh plot and it felt like it was it's interesting to me that the babylon five station is, is is that's the sort of threats that it's susceptible to that's an interesting threat for for them to have to contend with um uh, because it's yeah. kind of invisible they can't really they can't really see who's part of this this uh, home guard organization because a lot like for all they know Garibaldi could be you know pro home mm-hmm. they don't know you know it's it's you know <laughs> would explain a lot of the security issues on the station um, but uh, yeah it's uh, exactly it's it's a very kind of paranoid threat and the way the way the whole situation spirals out of control with the aliens start going after humans and it just yeah, it's just messy. There's a lot of things on Babylon Five that are just situations that are messy, and you can't, you can't, you know. It's like they arrested the guys, but it's not, it's yeah. not like that. The problem just went away. <laughs> I found that weird too. You know, when Garibaldi was talking about how they captured those two guys, they're like, "Yeah, we managed to get them before the because we had them under surveillance. We managed to get them before they killed them." I'm like, "But you didn't weren't able to stop the attack, and like you, they were already done. They like were walking away. Like, what do you mean? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like they beat the guy up and then they walked off and they're like, "Yeah, we got him and stopped it." It's like you didn't what? No. <laughs> it's just it's just Garibaldi kind of juicing up his. Yeah, uh, he was just spinning it. There. Yeah. <laughs> It's not. It's not. It's not a plot hole as much as it's just you know Garibaldi trying to look good for his boss. That's oh it. okay then. Well, all right. And, I guess I can do that. <laughs> and even though I saw it coming a mile away, I liked. I did like that the bad guy was Ivanova's uh, boyfriend guy there. Uh, like the I don't know. I forget his name, but he he basically hadn't uh, seen her. Malcolm Biggs. Malcolm yeah. Biggs. <laughs> That's a good name. <laughs> um, but uh but but he 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 uh he shows up like after not having seen her for 10 years and it seems like he's trying to rekindle the romance but uh but he's also mm-hmm. like this uh this non-alien supremacist guy secretly yeah <laughs> uh, but uh but it was it was i thought i thought that was uh 
I don't know. I kind of liked that those threads tied together because I honestly didn't really. When, when that started happening, I'm, I, the thought in my head was, well, it, I, I'm guessing that he's probably secretly the bad guy behind all this. But if he isn't, I'm probably even more pissed because it'll be like this useless love thread that has nothing yeah. to do with what's going on. So, Yeah, he wasn't such a compelling character that you're like, well, I'm just happy having him around being Ivanova's boyfriend. Yeah, because yeah. uh... <laughs> yeah, yeah, otherwise I... it's just a bunch of useless dialogue about, uh, you know... Uh, you know why she's like a career person you know it just didn't i don't know it didn't really uh i think it paid more dividends by tying it to the core plot than just having it be its own sort of subplot um i think by the way that i just wanted to mention real quick i think that ambassador for the non-aligned worlds that like pink-skinned alien with like the the fish fins on her head is very annoying i wish she would just die (laughs) i think that's why they picked her for that I think I think because it was a very easy character to suddenly have Sinclair turn on a dime against when he needed to look like he was part of the home guard. Um, yeah, he, he he's been thinking how much he hates her yeah. all along. He's like, oh good, now I've got an excuse to go off on her. I have been, uh, but uh, yeah, yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, if if I were him, I might have been like, when they're in there, it's like, all right, well, I got to show my loyalty to this group, like just shoot her, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Like now I'm in and I can I can really take down the organization. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This should have been a whole like half seasonal thread of uh, Sinclair, you know, going deep, uh, deep cover with the home guard. <laughs> yeah, he that goes would have dark. Been fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> but but I also like the whole like they're sort of getting like that, the way that that war ended is so you know obviously in, if you haven't seen the prequel especially intriguing, and I do like that they that the humans are kind of wrestling with what that means. Like that seems to be a really difficult, uh, yeah. Victory for them to understand. And, uh, and so Sinclair's thing, whole thing with like the victory tasted like ashes and, uh, you know, just, just the, Oh yeah. The, that's in the next episode. Yeah. Oh, is that in the next? Why did I think that was this episode for some reason? Oh, maybe, yeah. I thought I it was think, this episode think, when he was trying to oh, win maybe over, it was. Uh, oh yeah you're right you're right i'm sorry i'm getting my speeches that's okay no because these episodes are the thing i'm liking is a lot of these episodes tie in together in interesting ways and so it's very easy like i'm getting them confused because i watched them back to back last night and uh in fact, we should probably move on to the next episode because we've been going on. Yeah, well, one more so thing before we move on, just because I bring up the Ash speech. Yeah, and I, you know, realizing it is that episode too, it's it's a good speech he kind of gives there because he's almost drawing on the real bitterness that yeah. he feels feels about the war. You know, so it's like it, he isn't, you know, racist about it, but yeah, I feel like he really is touching on something there. Well, and also you know, you, when he's when he's coming, getting in there, you you were wondering as a viewer like how much of this is faked when he was trying to work his way into that organization because he even said at one point it might have been in the next episode, but like he like he had a lot of hatred towards the Mimbari after. Yeah, after that war. is in the next episode, yeah. so, so it's like that is real. Yeah, yeah, so so I mean, it's not like uh, it it. it feels very much like you know these like there was this big war that had this tremendous effect that you know the humans just aren't suddenly going to be star trek humans do you know what i mean it was a yeah and and i and i i i think too the minbari at the end are kind of funny because they're like both there watching the arrest and you know kind of commenting on these violent humans and blah blah you know such hatred and it's like the minbari have just 
just gotten done with a war of trying to exterminate humanity and they're like what, what's what, what's their problem why are they so angry <laughs> but uh, uh but it's yeah, a but nice it was, cap on it but that was i thought that was a very interesting episode and and i and again i think a very timely one too obviously it, you know there's a lot there were lines in there that were like could could have been pulled from the headlines um uh yeah but uh yeah, but I but the next episode is um, uh, and and the sky full of stars, and so, you know, what what did you guys think of this one? Oh yeah, this this is an interesting episode. One thing that's notable about this episode, I think it's the first episode where it's all just one plot. There's like no jumping between A and B plots or any of that. It's just all one story, kind of sticks to it, and. Uh, yeah, I like I like uh, early in the opening too the little uh, little little thing you get you know with uh, the doctor and Delenn where they're talking about the war you know and he's talking about refusing to turn over his files then he asks her what she did during the war and she is very very evasive about what she did and I, and I guess we should probably mention the plot a little bit because it is it's sort of oh yeah one. I'm sorry but no no it's my my responsibility but uh but I think oh. it, it's basically like. Uh, Sinclair. So, so last episode we find out about Home Guard. In this episode, there's another kind of shadow group out there that has a conspiracy theory surrounding Sinclair because he was, um, he, he his there was the whole incident where he he disappeared and the war ended during that time apparently, and he they know that he was on a Membari ship for an extended period of time, and a lot of people want to know exactly what happened. And I guess in his testimony, he just says he has no memories of anything. And, yeah. and there's this, but there's a whole group of people that feel that he's sort of like the, the key to understanding, uh, how, you know, like, like, like what happened and, and, and the vacuum that they, they, they fill with, 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 uh, with explanations is kind of the interesting bit of it. They sort of, you know, they, they, a lot of people wonder if he's a traitor, if he, uh, uh, you know, if they if he cut some kind of weird deal, like they just don't, cause it, cause it's perplexing. The Mumbari suddenly just stopped attacking. And yeah. And so, yeah. and so these, this, these two guys, uh, work their way into the security, uh, apparatus so that they can capture Sinclair and hook him up to like a VR machine and basically get into his head and, and, and find out what happened. And, uh, and so, so we get a lot of backstory here, but we also get, I don't know, just a very intriguing sort of VR world episode as well. Yeah, yeah, it's. Uh, I, I I think uh, you know, you get you get one of the best performances of Sinclair in this episode too. I mean, the part where. The part where the uh, guy keeps goading him about Mitchell, but what about Mitchell? What about Mitchell? And then Sinclair just kind of blows up on him. You know, it's like, yeah. stop, stop trying to pretend you know this guy. He was actually my friend. Yeah. You know, it's like and then going into the whole thing about the war. I, I thought, I thought that was just, just, you know, just, just fantastically well done in the show. Mm. That felt, that felt very real to me. I thought this episode was a little weak and I thought the premise was kind of like a reach because he's mm -hmm. like, the guy's whole thing was he was like, well, first of all, I, I thought this one was pretty well done for this kind of thing, but I always hated in shows where they're like, oh, I put you in some fantasy world where like nothing matters yeah. and you know, it's all a dream. Yeah. 
It's like, come on, you know. <laughs> well, I, I, the thing, the thing that cracks me up about it's like they go to all this trouble to get him in this fake virtual world where they can make anything look like it's real. And the first thing he does, he's like, he appears. It's like, look, look, yeah. I've created a fake yeah, the, fantasy world. <laughs> yeah. I have to say, <laughs> I really liked. I like this episode better than the previous one, I think. But I kind of agree with your criticism because anytime you do that, it gets they're sort of they're sort of trying to create the impression of a dreamlike state. And it sometimes uh-huh. gets, I don't know, sometimes it might be better to just be more mundane about it. But the th- yeah. number one, uh, I noticed that the guy from Commando was, was in this episode early on. And that got me thinking about Commando. And so when, when, the, <laughs> when these people showed up, I was expecting this whole plot of like, uh, uh, of, of like some former, uh, you know, co-pilot of his or something who's, who's bitter and wants revenge. And it didn't go that way, but uh, but, but no, but I, I, th- I no. think that would have made for for an even better episode if they had taken the commando route. But I but I liked I liked I liked the I liked discovering that there was this group of people that really wanted to know what Sinclair had encountered. That to me was really interesting. Um, but I didn't yeah. think, I didn't think it made sense though. Like that that premise didn't really make sense. It's like I mean, couldn't you easily find out that like every defending ship and his squadron was gone like you know like that whole thing was wiped out but the guy's whole premise was like no i think they saw our defenses and realized it was going to like cost them too much it's like well no obviously not they wiped out it but i think the guy i I don't think that guy was at the conflict i don't think he had the the... no i I understand he wasn't but i mean wouldn't that be like common knowledge or Uh, no but it's the point that people it's not it's what people want to believe it's like after a war it's like damn it we we could have won that war if if blah 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 you know it's like you hear that every time you know it's every time it's always we could have won we could have won you know it's like in this case i think the the weird way that war ended would would make you wonder like well why did they just suddenly stop there's like no logical reason for them to just suddenly stop so but Oh, go ahead. So I was going to say, so the reason he offers is maybe they got, like, I don't know, maybe Sinclair had some intelligence that they gave him that showed them that the Earth defenses were strong. Like, who knows? But but maybe what I think he was saying is they must have realized something as they were getting close to Earth that would have made a ground invasion of the Earth itself unappealing to them. And so rather than engage, that was that was the best explanation he could come up with. It's, it's not a terribly good explanation, but it beats the actual explanation of what happened. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, like there's mm-hmm. there's no there, there's no there's just no logic to it. So it's just going to get that. That's why I said I like the vacuum that people are just filling with conspiracy theories. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, mean, I get that. But I just didn't think it was very well supported. And I thought to like launch this whole conspiracy movement on such a thin premise was very weak. It's like you're going to go through all I this. I would counter with any real world conspiracy. Th- that's what theory. I was going to say. Like think of like <laughs> Area 51 or any of these But things. I feel like at least there's an area of like misinformation that you can like plug in kind but of. That's what's probably going on in their world. That's That's what I'm saying. But it didn't seem like that. To me, it seemed like there were enough factual things that you could point to that it's like, yeah, but this clearly doesn't hold water. Like, way beyond, I don't know, I feel like usually conspiracy theories have some kind of like, yeah, but we don't know, what about, and I understand the mysterious ending, Mm -hmm. but to me it was overwhelmingly clear, and I understand I have like the kind of third person, omniscient view of what's going on, but it's like, it seems to me that the facts that would be available would clearly point to that that couldn't be the case. I, I don't know that that's I don't I don't know I think um, I mean I I feel like the uh, the the way this guy got all of his information about what happened would have been through the hearings that ensued after because uh, because we know there were some kind of hearings and so yeah. so imagine it's not like he's just getting the raw footage 
he's getting he's getting those hearings and then there's probably a bunch of news stories being written on the subject and different points of view being advanced well what happened exactly and people are also selling newspapers in order to you know what i mean there's like there's a lot of things that i think i think we're thinking of it from the point of view of people who saw the prequel and and the guy who's who's trying to figure out what's going on with sinclair doesn't have access to the prequel he has access to the world that he inhabited and the world he inhabited would have been a lot more confusing in the aftermath of the Mimbari War. Because I'm willing to yeah. bet that there were people who were there who have differing accounts of what happened. And some and there's, of them... there's there's just a lot of media, too, clearly in this universe that really wants Earth to push out and be militaristic again. So it's uh, there's there's just a lot of people trying to whip people up in this world. So. Sorry. I mean, and I, I totally get that sentiment. That to me totally plays and like makes sense. But I just don't understand the focus. Like, the focusing on Sinclair thing just seems so thin to me. Like, whatever his role was, it had to be like pretty marginal. I would. Oh, think. I see what you're saying. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I don't well, get the. Like, I clearly, think, you did something. <laughs> well, I think what it is is he was the guy who disappeared during the time that the peace was brokered. So. Um, I think I think too he's an enemy. He's an enemy they can go after. It's like it's tough for them to go. You know after immediately you know being able to go after someone who's supposedly on your side is always an easier target i mean it's just it's an operation they can do that like hey let's go after that sinclair guy i bet he's on the he's he's on the inside with them and, and so on so i don't know because i mean if they could prove if they could prove just one guy was was actually a secret minbari agent then you can get a whole witch hunt well, going it would be in, fantastic well and in fairness to steve's position we don't know how many other store like we don't know like what world of stories they're sifting through to get to the sinclair jam yeah that's true so, but like i guess for me it, it feels like i could sort of see that being a conspiracy theory in the real world like it seems like a real kind of like there's this sinclair guy and there are people that have some really weird ideas about you know like what he was doing when he was on the mimbari ship and uh and it would be pretty easy for his for mm -hmm. people who disagree with him politically to make that look like a bad thing um, yeah well, that's you know, that's another thing to consider too is that you know sinclair's positions are at odds with a lot of people <laughs> so people are people are going to be eager to believe anything could, bad about him yeah because i think he's also somewhat of a public figure because he's managing the babylon 5 station and the babylon 5 station sort of represents kind of like a more universal approach to dealing with alien uh societies and and so, so yeah i don't know though but i mean i i think i do think a lot of this will really hinge on what the specifics of the setting are uh but either, either way i i found that point interesting um and i found i found the character interesting that, that he was driven by this need to know what happened um, I, I thought the guy and the dude with him were like really, really cool you know like i, I liked them and actually, I was really excited to see what they were going to do. I'm like, ooh, is this going to be like a mech suit or something? And then it was that dream thing. I'm like, aw. Yeah, I, I do think they could have had a better... I, I, th I think that the dream thing was a little weird. And that kind of threw me when like when Sinclair wakes up in Babylon 5 and it's empty. I'm like, wait, wait Babylon 5 is empty? I mean, I appreciated sort of that... I felt like they could have just done that with him on an IV. Do you know what I mean? I don't think they needed the whole VR right. 
thing for that. Yeah. Well, the thing is, when when they're trying to torture the information, they just kind of like electrocute him or something. It's yeah. like you just could have had him sitting in the chair and going, yeah. you know, it's like they didn't they didn't they didn't utilize it in any useful way for but, what they were doing. Though the the one part I thought where it was cool, where they kind of they kind of use it to demonstrate Sinclair's uh, grit. Where he just gets up out of the chair and bashes the guy in the head. <laughs> That's true. And grabs the guy's gun. That was a pretty badass scene for that character because I because because he's kind of he can kind of come off a little bit wimpy sometimes because some of the positions he takes seem a little bit wimpy. Do you know what I mean? And so yeah. to so like oh then this guy's got grit. This guy is like a um you know he, he just rips himself out of the chair and smashes the guy in the head. I thought that was a pretty <laughs> cool scene. Um, yeah, and uh, but yeah, one interesting thing in this episode is you have the uh, Garibaldi reading a newspaper, which is just covered in headlines that if you pause and can read it, so that gives you a lot of detail. I mean, you get you get one thing that's a direct follow-on from the previous episode. The top headline is Home Guard leader convicted Jacob Lester yeah. found guilty in attack on Mimbari Embassy, yeah. which shows that they were talking in the previous one how they were going to do attacks on all the alien embassies, and apparently. The attack on the Minbari embassy on Earth actually did happen. So, <laughs> yeah, I, I remember seeing one too. That I believe that like the psyops are like backing the vice president, or so, like there's some kind of tie between the the. Like, it's a yeah. yeah well, it's Psychor and election tangle. Did Psychor violate its charter by endorsing vice president? That's the, yeah. uh, the headline there. Yeah, which seems like a very plausible sort of scandal do you know what I mean it's not like yeah it wasn't like it wasn't an over-the-top scandal. that was a very plausible scandal did they you know was there was there a degree of inappropriate endorsement endorsement <laughs> i know it's very grounded yeah. <laughs> it makes me think the next step too is going to be like i wonder if there's going to be some episode where like they kill the president and try to install this vice president that's obviously like indebted to them and you know Potentially a psychic of some kind. Yeah, I, I am wondering how much of Earth politics we're going to get because we've gotten hints of it in the past, and and then there, you know. Well, yeah, the the first episode you have the election take place, mm -hmm. and uh, in that one, Ivanova says that you know she doesn't like Santiago because he has no chin, and his vice president has several. That's her uh, her comment. But, uh, <laughs> and. Yeah, I uh, I found that interesting. Yeah, it was funny because the last time I watched this show was in 2003, which was when everyone was talking about Cheney running the White House over Bush. And so it was like that was something that kept popping up. It's like, ooh, a vice president who's really running the show. But it's, <laughs> what, what's, what's funny, too, is I'm kind of curious, what are the politics of the different crew members? Are they different? Like is Garibaldi politically yeah. differently aligned than Ivanova and Ivanova than Sinclair? Um, he, he is. He's a lot more. I want to smash heads and stuff than. than but I mean, the in terms of who they supported for president. Like, oh um, yeah, yeah. That's a good question. I'm sorry. I, I thought I, I just been a general. No, no. I mean, I could see, but I'm just curious how their how their votes map out. If uh, if they're uh, you know, just you know, and I, I, I wasn't paying enough attention to actually map it out, but I was curious if. Yeah, I mean, we, we know that Ivanova voted against Santiago and uh, we know that and it's it's heavily implied Sinclair voted against Santiago, too, because the very end of the first episode ends with a news report about how, you know, Santiago has won with his with his campaign promises to preserve Earth cultures mm -hmm. and, you know, protect them against alien influences. And, uh, and then 
Sinclair just sighs, turns off the TV, and goes to bed. It's well, like, what about Garibaldi? I, I, he didn't look know, excited about Santiago winning. <laughs> do we know Garibaldi's stance on uh, on Santiago? Uh, do we? What What has he said about him? I, I don't forgot. know. I'm just curious. I'm just curious. Oh, we don't. Really I'm sorry. That's it. We thing, do know. But... I was like, uh, what? But uh, yeah, exactly. It's like I. I feel, you know, he, he seems the most likely Santiago voter out of the uh, the main cast. But that... the cool thing about that paper, to me, the best thing about it was the fact that it was a paper. The fact that they have news. I know, I know. Um, it's kind of like the suit thing again. It's like, you know, like sometimes these older technologies don't just disappear because we have digital stuff. And and so the, the, the idea that they're still used, you know, it's it's maybe less plausible in today's age when newspapers are actually going the way of the dinosaur, but uh, or at least printed news. But the yeah, the, the uh, but the idea that that kind of technology might still make it into the future is is one that, you know, in a, in a show like Star Trek might be. Well, no, that's obviously not going to happen. But in in this show, there there are still traces of things that you recognize from the present. And yeah, like I think I think. Yeah, I think I think one thing they do is I think I think in some episode they at one point show you there the way it's it's futuristic is they have a device that just instantly prints the newspaper for you on the spot. It's mm. like that's that's the thing that makes the newspapers okay. modern as opposed to the fact that them not being paper anymore. But uh, <laughs> but and granted, yeah, that's it's... probably the one thing that actually won't be the case because I'm sure in the future we're going to have digital news, but. It's uh, it, it, it's yeah. still interesting to see, uh, that kind of that kind well, of relic. Yeah, I I like that the media is a significant thing in the Babylon Five universe because in a lot of shows that just doesn't exist. I mean, there's reporters and there's news articles and there's controversies and that you know you know like Star Trek doesn't there doesn't seem to be news in the Star Trek universe. Well, you know what? There there never seems to be TV in a lot of the, in a lot of science fiction. Do you know what I mean? Like there's yeah. like a lot of, I think everyday enjoyments are for whatever reason, people feel like that would pull you out of the immersion of the setting. Like, like it's, I think it's why like a lot of times in, you know, not in every science fiction franchise, but something like rock bands or music groups are always kind of hard to do. And, mm-hmm. uh, and and reporters and things like that might feel like just too too modern for some reason, you know. And 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 people people watching TV in the living room, that kind of thing is you know, like what programs are that you have to you have to get into pop culture stuff and inventing alien pop culture is or it's futuristic. Tough. Yeah, it's it's difficult and it can come off as lame sometimes. But the downside is you end up with these very sterile like. I don't know, just the, these 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 worlds where people don't do things that regular people do, and if they and yeah. if they do, it's like more connected to glass classical Rome or something than it is to like anything that we would engage in. So yeah, uh, so I do exactly. like that there seems to be more of that in this one. You know, I, I like that the I like that there's strip clubs. I like that there's that people are wearing suits, <laughs> they're reading newspapers, that there's that there's a, a hounding journalist. Um, you know, I, I, I like all that stuff. It, 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 it works. It, and it, and, and, and it kind of gives it an occasionally noir type feel. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It, it, it just seems to fit. Yeah. It's, there's, there's a grittiness to this show that I really appreciate. But, um, but yeah, also there's another thing Did they, they mentioned Sinclair's age in this, right? They mentioned that mm-hmm. he's, he's 39 and I, I feel like he looks older than 39 to me. In the, uh, yeah, he he definitely looks older than thirty nine, but uh, I mean, like not not hugely, but he, he looks closer to closer to fifty than forty yeah. for me. 
And, and, and like uh, we were saying before the podcast, I think a lot of it is the way he carries himself. He's kind of got like an older demeanor. Um, yeah. But uh, he's just very tired. Yeah. He's just uh, the, yeah. And I, and I brought up during the, uh, during the first episode with Catherine Sakai, I thought, man, she looks too young to have gone to uh, the Academy with him. Uh, but yeah, having not learned his age, I'm like, oh, okay, she could be that age. And he just looks too old. This is the yeah. situation. Well, you know what I was thinking uh, about the the Academy too when we brought that up though? What if it's like a range? So it's kind of like, you know, when you're in high school, maybe you have like an advanced yeah. student. So maybe mm-hmm. she was like advanced. So he was later on in his academic career, but they were classmates because she yeah. excelled in something. Well, like, you know. I don't know. I mean, the thing is that I, I could buy the argument that some people might go to the Academy later than others but they've kind of raised the point that Sinclair is like this multi-generational you know pilot guy it's like he would have had every advantage in getting into the academy as early as possible it's like this from from birth he would have been set up you're going to the academy son and that's you know he he would have been fast-tracked but do we have any kind of reference for how long the academy process is like how long you're actually in the academy we do not know so Potentially, it could be this very long, like thing where it's, maybe it spans like ten years or something. You know, who knows? I mean, that would be unrealistic. But yeah, <laughs> but you're saying like he could have been like a senior classman, and she could have been like just entering or something. Yeah, or or it could have been more yeah. based yeah. on your aptitude. Like perhaps you're like good in one thing. Like maybe she was like, you know, we were at the academy together, meaning maybe they had like one or two. Like maybe she was really good in electronics or something, and they that overlapped. Whereas his electronics were more like on a normal pace, but she had a more advanced like electronics understanding so they were in that same class for electronics or something you know what i mean yeah it could be it could be i mean yeah it's not like a huge thing i'm not like it's the show is ruined it's just something <laughs> right, right through my head <laughs> it's, I, I feel like the answer to those questions may be on the internet somewhere somebody might have parsed through uh, i'm sure i'm sure <laughs> there's a very long thread about i mean this was one of the first shows to be argued about on the internet this is like 1994 <laughs> and the internet is it's not booming yet, but it's definitely... There were the, definitely the, the, science the, fiction fans on the internet at that point. Yeah, I, I, and Straczynski would always jump into the into the discussions, too, back then, too, because it was... The internet was small enough that the, the creator of a show could just show up and go, yeah, I'm going to talk about this with you guys. And now it's probably there forever, right? It's probably... <laughs> oh, you can still find all this stuff, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but, yeah, I don't know. It's... Um, it, I, I did like the episode. I thought it. I thought it uh, had a lot of you know cool, uh, cool things going on. Um, but I would agree with uh, with Steve's sort of concern about the the, vir- the VR machine thing. It was a little, a little bit on the odd side. Um, but I, I really like yeah. the bad guy. The bad guy is what really made it work for me. He had, yeah, well, I, to me. He had kind of like liked... a Rutger Hauer thing going on or something. Yeah, I liked how unhinged he was. I mean, he is—he is this conspiracy nut who's really convinced that Earth could have, Earth would have won the war, and he's just—he's just, yeah, he's just—he's just like just a little bit nuts, and I, he, I think that that worked for it. It's like he, his like his his plan. I mean, I agree with Steve that his plan is ridiculous, but I believe this guy would engage in this ridiculous plan. Is my feeling. But but I also like that he wasn't just motivated like. In a lot of shows, I feel like he would have been motivated to just needlessly harm Sinclair because you need him to be a bad guy. And hmm. his, his motive was he really wanted to know what happened in those moments. And he was willing to be nice to Sinclair in moments in the conversation when it would get hmm. him that. 
And so it became a cool conversation to watch unfold, even though he was clearly unhinged and had all, you know, but there was, there was like a real motivation there. And, and there was like a, there was still like a humanity to the character that was, even yeah. though he was capable of killing people. So, um, so it just worked for me. Um, yeah. Like I said, that, that last, that last kind of long conversation they have where they're really kind of talking for a long time and Sinclair's actually laying out all his feelings about the war that, I, like I said, I think that, that is more like the dramatic high points of, you know, Sinclair as a character on this show. So, you know, it's I, I like this episode despite its weaknesses, just because I feel like its strengths are are, are particularly good. But um, yes, yeah, so do we have any other thoughts on these episodes before we uh, before we call it a day? Uh, I thought the episode where the guy was in debt, which I think was this one with the neural net, yeah, should have a... should have featured more of the mantis. <laughs> yeah he could have gone to the mantis well, for money at some they, point yeah, or been begging a... him i'll have the money for you it was a perfect <laughs> yeah. opportunity to bring that character in and and uh i i do think you're right and 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 and, and the whole and, and and just the whole thing with the uh with with the security guy they could they could have maybe explored the the illegal gambling system a little more um, yeah, yeah, I do think that was funny. It's like, all right, now you get a chance to like redeem yourself, and then he just comes and gets shot immediately. Yeah. <laughs> they yeah, just killed maybe. him. They they just yeah. cold bloodedly shot him. Was, yeah, yeah. It was there was more interesting than a redemption arc. But yeah, I think well, uh, I think maybe that they they probably were going to have Negrath. Negrath was probably in the script for the episode, but then the puppeteer was like sick that week, and they're like, "Well, let's just cut the Negrath scenes." To be honest, that guy was such a doofus. I was kind of glad to see him get shot. Like it just, it, yeah, it just he was just like such an idiot, you know. And and like when he should have gone to the captain to say like, "Look, okay, you know," or gone to the security guard, he went to the bad guys instead. To it was just. It, he was just yeah. backwards, that guy. They were basically they were basically throwing him a lifeline at points, going, "Look, look, we know you're in trouble. Just come forward yeah. <laughs> and say it." And he just he just couldn't couldn't do it. He had to just go dig himself deeper. He was, he was afraid like, of the guy in commando. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the guy yeah. in commando was really intimidating. It's like <laughs> I'm. I'm in trouble with one kind of crazy illegal people. Why don't I go into business with another group of crazy illegal people on top of it? That'll solve everything. I really want to know how that guy got hired because that's 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 telling me Garibaldi needs to do way more vetting. <laughs> whatever personality test they're giving is not working because that guy was just a total mess. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I uh, I liked his very unconvincing lying when uh, Sinclair and Garibaldi interview him. It's just like no, no. But but at the same time, I think you have to consider this is like a city. So I mean, imagine like yeah. the entire police force of a city. You're gonna have a couple of douchebags, you know? Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. And I and I, I have to by the way, I have to correct in a previous episode there was half a million people. It's actually a quarter million people, which is still a lot. But but yeah, you're right. It's a city that the security force. For a quarter million people has to be has to be pretty significant. So, so yeah, that's uh, I guess I guess they can't all be uh, be amazing. Well, and in fairness to Garibaldi, he knew something was up with the guy. So like true, you know. So they did they did they did they did call him in and actually talk to him. So they were on the ball enough to do that. Um, but uh, yeah, which which goes back to my comment about Garibaldi as a great detective and not the greatest administrator. So. Maybe it's just that like screenwriters don't know how to 
do administration stuff. Maybe that's it's more with that. Really. <laughs> it could it could be that. But it could just be the fact that if like Babylon Five had really fantastic security and everything worked, there'd be a lot fewer yeah. plots. So. <laughs> Everything's perfect. <laughs> Next <Yeah>. episode, <laughs> we nip that in the bud in the first five minutes. <laughs> yeah, that would uh, you know the home guard the home guard. Uh, plans to come visit the station and you know garibaldi shuts them down before they they pass through customs and ta-da so all right so we'll let everyone go we're uh you know yeah we're going on 45 minutes now and uh uh we'll be back uh later in the week i think we're going to do delightful forest on friday i think that's the movie that we're doing but okay i better it. get on that um and uh and i know we got other stuff coming down the pike we're going to talk about red white and who i think on sunday and mm-hmm. um and who knows what, what other wonders await us next week. Uh, so, <laughs> so, all right, so we'll let everybody go and we'll talk to you later.